Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio, back with another amazing interview. And I promise you, this is one of the more exciting interviews that I've done in a while because later in the show, I'm going to be talking with Horst Schultz, who is the uh, former president, co-founder of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company. And if you've been listening to my show for the last, well, since the very beginning, you know that quite often I quote the mantra, or actually they call it the credo, where ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, Horst has a new book coming out, and I have been looking at some of the questions that have come through on Twitter and Facebook. And by the way, in this first section of our show, uh, in the first segment, we answer some of the questions of our listeners. And all you have to do is go on Twitter, ask the question with the hashtag AskShep, and my Twitter handle is at Hyken, and I will answer your questions. Um, one, or actually a number of questions that I have had to do with the concept of culture a, and creating a customer service culture and how you get everybody involved in a customer service culture. And as I looked at all these different questions, and there were just a few of them, but they were enough to get me starting to think, how can I phrase them all into one question? And then I received an advanced copy of Horst Schultz's book, which is called Excellence Wins, a no-nonsense guide to becoming the best in a world of compromise. And I looked at page 116, and there it was, staring me in the face. And this is what the quote is. If the culture of your organization isn't right, it will devour your best laid plans. So the question of how can I create a customer-focused culture uh, is very, very important. And just understand, let's first of all realize that you have to have a culture, and that culture has to be one that is focused on the customer as well as focused on your employees as well. And I reading this quote, you know, if, if you don't get it right, if you don't get the culture right, no matter what your plan is, you're going to get people to um, you know, just not be in alignment. And, and the problem is they won't follow the plan. They won't stay in the personality of your company that you're trying to create for your customers. And really, it all starts on the inside. So what I want to do is just take a few moments to reiterate something that I've talked about in the past, but it's so important I want to cover it again. And that is my six-step process to creating the customer-focused culture. And I'm going to do this all like within a minute and a half. And it starts with defining what you want your culture to be. Now, the Ritz-Carlton calls it a credo, and we're going to be talking about that in a few minutes. And that is your one-sentence definition, or sometimes just a few words to define what your culture is. For example, here at Shepherd Presentations, we have a three-word mantra. It's simply this, always be amazing. And we want to be amazing for all of our clients, that's for sure. We want to return calls quickly. We want to respond quickly. We want to give them the best uh, customer service training. Or if it's my speech, I want to deliver the best speech I possibly can. I want to be easy to work with. On and on and on. 
We want to be amazing for the people that work here, and hopefully we create a good culture. And if people uh, buy into what we do and what I believe in as far as customer service goes, and that's what they practice here in the office, well, then we are creating amazement within. And, of course, we want to teach our clients to create amazement for their customers and clients. So that's what our mantra is. That's how we define a, a customer service and the customer experience in our company. So we want to make that uh, real clear that the mantra is a simple one-sentence phrase or just a few words that define what your service vision is. Number two, you need to communicate it. And we're always talking about it. Every week in our weekly meetings, we have signs. Uh, Of course, I write books and articles about it. But companies need to constantly reinforce the message through communication. Number three is people need to be trained to it. And training isn't something you did. It's something you do. It's ongoing all of the time. It's important to always do training. Number four is to be a role model. If you're a leader, you're the role model. You showcase it. Number five five is if you're the leader, you also keep everyone in alignment. Very, very important that people are aligned with the customer service vision. If a person gets out of alignment, a department or an entire region on a larger company, it's leadership and management's role to bring them back into alignment. And finally, number six, you celebrate it when it's working. And those are the six simple steps. And if you follow those steps, by the way, simple doesn't mean easy. But if you follow those steps, it will get you on a path to creating the customer-focused culture. All right, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Horst Schultz about his new book, Excellent Wins. This is Shep Hyken on Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information All you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the shepherd letter form. And each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more. All about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to always be amazing. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, and I promised you an amazing interview, and that is what we will have today. Horst Schultz, the co-founder of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company, uh, and also uh, the founder of Capella, which is an amazing high-end hotel group. Uh, He's going to talk to us all about amazing customer and guest experience and what we can learn from his really legendary expertise in the hospitality industry. Horst Schultz, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Glad to be here. Thank you. Well, there's so much. I, I mean, I, I'm going to just, I mean, I've, I'm, I've, if, am I sounding like I'm tongue-tied here? Because honestly, I've been writing about you uh, since, gosh, really uh, legendary. My, my first book, Moments of Magic, which came out right around 1989 or 90, I actually yeah. included the Ritz-Carlton Credo in that uh, as an example of what amazing companies are doing. And here we are many years later, I'd say 30-plus uh, years later, and I'm talking to you, and we're going to learn all about how you made this company what I would almost call an adjective. You know, people would always say they're the Cadillac of the industry. And I've actually heard people say, well, they're the Ritz-Carlton of their industry. (laughs) So that's pretty amazing. (laughs) And uh, let's start at the beginning. Your background in 
really customer service came uh, a great story about how you went off and apprenticed uh, with the hotel group. Yeah, yeah. Well, not a group, a singular hotel. Uh, okay. Uh, at the time in in Germany, and uh, I was fourteen. It's a little. It's it's quite normal in Europe. Fourteen, you select one thing. You go higher education, or you go into a trade. I went into hotel business, which was a, against the will of my parents and everybody because at that time in Germany, you went into technical job that was respected. The hotel business was not something respectable. But I begged them. I, they found a great job. Unfortunately, it was about 100 kilometers away from my hometown, which at the time was very far. And I got there, and I was lucky that I had... A, Great mentor there. The major D of the hotel, like today, like a food and beverage director, but he worked directly in the restaurant too, was a great mentor and in everything, not only in learning the, the material, learning the, the job and the function, but he urged us as young people to create excellence, to, to, to come to work for excellence and not for work and so on, which went over my head when I was 14, mind you. But uh, but after a while, I got it. Yes, you you can define yourself as excellent as a human being if you create excellence, no matter what the job is, what the work is that you're doing. And and that's I, where I started. I know, and that's and a, he had great influence on in me. Yeah, and that's yeah. a great story. It's actually in in the prologue. So uh, let's talk. Let's jump to what's in the book. And by the way, the book. Excellence, excellence wins. A no-nonsense guide to becoming the best in a world of compromise. This basically is so much of your philosophy rolled into the book, and it doesn't matter what industry you're in, and it doesn't matter what position you hold in that industry uh, or in your business. You will be inspired if you are the leader of your organization. You'll be inspired if you're brand new, frontline, and you want to, as you say, dedicate yourself to excellence, recognizing. Uh, the importance of that, and and actually, as a result of that, you're promoted, you advance, you move up, and and you just, it's amazing. I want to jump into some of the content. Uh, you talk about the three universals, um, and you know, you might be saying this is the line. You might be saying, but I'm not in the hotel business. My arena is different. And then you go on to say, no matter what your field is in, you can guarantee that the people you serve want three main things. What are those three that's universals? Right. That's right. Well, we looked at it very careful. I, I mean, I, I started off with, with the, for out, out of a dream. I took the job to start this new company. I didn't need a job. I had my golden handcuff, but I was promised that I can run the operations of the company and so on. And I started dreaming. And I wanted to, I went to Atlanta from Chicago for this new company, which had two hotels in construction, for one dream, that is create the finest hotel company in the world. So I set out with this decision, with this dream, with a purpose. And then, then I said, well, how am I going to accomplish that? Well, if I'm accomplishing to be more sufficient to my customer base than the competition is, I will be the best. Now, how am I going to be more sufficient? By doing what the customer wants. Well, what did I do? It doesn't matter, again, it doesn't matter what industry is. So, so you say, what does the customer want? And the amazing thing that we found is by making studies and talking to, to, to behavioral analysts and so on and so on, 
the customer, when the customer buys anything, it doesn't matter what, a hotel stay or an automobile or a bottle of water, you want three specific things. You want to have the product to be defect-free. That's it. You want, it needs to work. And no matter what, if it's a bottle of water, you don't want a defect. You don't want the leak or something to swim in there. <laughs> you want number two, you want timeliness. You want the product when you want it. It's your time. And number three, you want the people who give it to you to be nice to you. Those are the fundamental expectations from every customer, client, patient, or whatever you call them. So consequently, I have to see what it is exactly and create processes to deliver precisely that. Now, frankly, there is a higher dimension after you do that. That means if you take it, it individualizes to the person who is in front of you mm. and personalize it. I mean, person, I mean, I call them by the name, recognize them, individualize it, doing for them specifically. I create the best suit in the world, but I make sure I measure it up for the person in front of me. And that means for anything, personalize it. And in, 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 my, in, in the hotel business, when in somebody said, I like chocolate cookies, the next time they checked in, they had chocolate cookies in the room. I personalized my attention to them. And that's what I, the, but the three basics have to be done first. If I don't do that, I cannot improve anything. Right. And so that's why I, I could emphasize on that in the book. I emphasize that and I explain that. Right. Well, the product has to do what it's supposed to do. That's number one. And, and I, right. I like that you added in, and, and, and the customer wants it when they want it. And then, you know, being nice is the customer service side. And I believe that if you fall short, if the product doesn't do what it's supposed to do, it doesn't matter how nice your people are. And conversely, if it's an amazing, you know, go to a hotel, if it's an amazing room, but the people don't treat you well, you're not coming back to the hotel. It's the combination of these. And when you put, you know, one plus one plus one, which is defect-free timeliness and being nice together, it's uh, the sum is greater than the parts. I think it's exactly. Yeah, it it has, it it has to be all there now, but in, in a way, the greatest driver of customer satisfaction is the being nice because they, because they may forgive you if there is a slight defect, mm-hmm. as long as they're nice and nice about it, very nice about it, very accommodating and corrected, but they will not forgive you even if the, if the, if the product was defect free, if you were not nice, right. if you were unfriendly. Yep. So, it, and, and that is co- what is called service, that interaction of, the, of your human being in your organization with the human being that is the customer or the human being that works for another organization. That moment, that moment is the moment of truth, which we call service, that has to, has to work perfectly. Yep, and, and that's what you strive for. And I realize perfection's not reality, um, but uh, if, you, if you give your best... And everybody knows you're giving your best, and you're nice. And yeah, well, you know, if it, no, there is no such thing as perfection. But if I'm, I'm better at it than my competition, I'm going to win. Right, right. And I think everybody, and, and you've done a great job of creating the culture. And let's jump to that because I believe what has made your culture is your Ritz Carlton credo. Uh, at least for the Ritz Carlton, it made. I believe that that just set everything in action. And I talk about the first step 
of creating a customer-focused culture is to define what your culture is. And you've done it with nine words. We're ladies and I think it's nine words. Is that right? We're ladies and gentlemen yeah, well, serving ladies and gentlemen. This is what you're known for. So can you give us some background on how that whole idea came about? Well, that goes back to what I referred to before with my first maturity, I, the typical upbringing in Germany, working in the hotel mm-hmm. and then once a week going to hotel school. Uh, so in hotel school, when I was 16, I was two years working. The the, um, the teacher said, you're now all the kids there uh, from all the hotels in the area. Uh, now that you're two years in, in the in the business, write an essay what you now feel about the industry. When I went back, I, I decided to write about the major D. And because I saw him that night, I, I knew it. I have noticed it before, but it never hit me exactly. That night I recognized and saw it and felt it. When he went to a table with guests, the guests were proud that he came to that table. And I thought to myself, wow, wait a minute, what is this? That's a reversal because I had been told the guests are the very important. We are here to serve. But they thought the method D was very important. And so did we, the employees. And what it was is very simply that. He was so excellent in what he was doing that he was respected. And I came to the, and I wrote my essay around that and, and, and said, if we are excellent in what we are doing, we will be respected and define ourselves as ladies and gentlemen. No matter what the job is that we do, we can define ourselves as ladies and gentlemen if we're excellent. Or we sentence ourselves by not being excellent as servants. Mm. And I wrote that in the essay. And it was a big hit because I had an A. <laughs> and it was the only A I ever had. Oh no, my. literally. Yeah. And so yeah. it made huge impact on me because I had an A. And the, the teacher made a big deal about the whole SA. So it stayed with me. And I, consequently, when I started with Scarden, I made it the motto for the company. We are ladies and gentlemen, servant ladies and gentlemen. We're here to serve, but we are not servants. A great message to everybody. We are ladies and gentlemen, acting, behaving like it. And incidentally, every manager, every employee is a lady or gentleman like you. So it was a great message of belief in who we are as an organization. And of course, at the same point, we kept on pointing to what our our objective, our our purpose. Our purpose is to become the finest hotel company, the finest brand in the world. And we kept on, no employees started working without being told those messages. We ladies and gentlemen, that's what we're doing. And our purpose here is to become the finest for the benefit of all, the guest, the investors, the employee, and society. Yeah. And everybody understood that clearly. Well, that was the culture of the organization. And and you create that culture by living that culture. And I wrote an article a number of years ago when you took over a hotel. Uh, Ritz-Carlton took over the hotel, changed the name, did a renovation. I believe it was in Shanghai. And you said, where are we going to start uh, investing our money and making the changes in the renovations? Hey, I've got an idea. How about the employee area where the employees come in and the employees – you know, keep everything. We Daniel, need to sh- that's yeah. correct. Yeah, that's absolutely that's absolute 
factual story. Mm -hmm. And basically what you proved to everybody working there is, hey, you guys are so important. We're going to start with you first and improve the areas of the hotel with you in mind. And I go to a Ritz-Carlton today, and, and I've been very fortunate to be on the – not just stay at the hotel, but I've planned events at the Ritz. And I love it when I'm talking to the various employees, the ladies and gentlemen of the of the team over there, and they go, oh, yes, you need to meet some more of our ladies and gentlemen. They're talking about their – I mean, they're using the language. I think that's how, how it works. You start with the – the credo. And behind that credo, you have, I believe you have 24 statements or, or drivers right. of that. So we're going to talk That's about right. that in just a moment. What I want to do now is take a really short break. So when we come back, we're going to talk about those. Now, I'm not going to go through all 24 of them, but just the whole concept behind these statements yeah. that drive that credo, as well as some other incredible nuggets of wisdom from Horst Schultz. The book is called Excellence Wins. And it is actually, if you are listening to this show the day it comes out that is the day the book comes out i'm excited that everybody has an opportunity for, to learn from one of the all-time greats in the world of customer service and experience it's horse schultz don't go away we're going to come right back with more information from horse good customer service is now an expectation don't provide it and you'll be disrupted by a competitor who does so what can you do to stand out? Well, that's the focus of my latest book, The Convenience Revolution, how to create a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates fierce loyalty. The goal is to reduce friction and be convenient for your customers. So if you're ready to take your customer service to the next level and disrupt your competitors, well, this is the book for you. To order the book, go to www.beconvenient.com. That's beconvenient.com. It's time for you to join the revolution, the convenience revolution. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Horst Schultz, and we've talked about this, this credo where ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen, and behind that or underneath it or what drives it are the 24 gold standards, the basics that make this happen. Let's talk about that and how you implement these ideas and how you get everybody to really get into alignment with what this standard is all about. Yeah, but it's important to understand here, yes, you develop that. Everything is accomplished with processes. That's it. I mean, I can develop those things, but if I don't have the right process to implement, it won't happen. So, yes, we developed, um, when we, as I said in the beginning, I wanted to create a create hotel company in the world and said, all right. And then we looked at what is basically the, the three things, the three basics, the, 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 the area of, of uh, no defect and so on. And then we said, all right, what is the customer expecting from us? What does a hotel customer expect? By the way, I have done that with totally unrelated companies in consulting. And, and it worked the same way. So we said, it's not the same answers, but in this case, the hotel business, what, what are the 20 things that we must do superior to the competition that everybody has to understand and we must do it? And if we do those 20 things better than anyone else, we will be seen as the best uh, in the world, period, and in every place. So we decided on those 20 points. Now, the four other points come to it. That is the, the, the credo and so on. Those, is, those are four other points. But we decided on 20 points. So when a, when a new employee starts, the second day, they learn those 20 points. 
very careful, explained, this must happen. They are non-negotiable, those points. They must happen. And after that, that's a key. We sustain those 20 points, or 24, that was added the others, by repeating one point every day. We call them together, we call them the gold standards. So today it may be point 11, which is being explained and taught again in every hotel before every shift. And point 11 happens to be, if you get a complaint, you own it. Mm. So I like that. We, we, and, and so if the if the guest comes in in the morning and says, and the waiter said, I I'm, I hope you had a nice night, and the guest said, no, I didn't because the TV didn't work. But the waiter owns the TV. He's done to say, please forgive me, and so on. By the way, we, one process is every employee is certified in problem resolution. So the waiter now will say, please forgive me. That is point 11, which is being taught today. And in 24 days, it's taught again. Right, you just And 24 days later, again yep. and again and again. And this is a point. And in uh, my opening monologue, uh, which you didn't hear, but uh, it comes on right before our interview, I talked about the third uh, of the six drivers of a customer-focused culture is training. And training's not something you did. It's something you do. And even though your employees are brought on board and you know, given all of these standards, what you do is you take one at a time every day. You go through them. At the end of 24, you start over. It's like shampoo. You wash or you lather, you rinse, and then you repeat. <laughs> like forever. Absolutely. But without, if, you, if, you don't, if you don't keep on training, sooner or later somebody will be better than you are. Yeah. You have to constantly remind them. And I would imagine over time you refine the training as times change. And, and things, yeah. you know, begin. So, so this is, this is powerful information. What, um, you know, I'm, I'm going through the book and I've, I've marked up so many different places in the book. I, I don't even know where to begin to ask my next question, but, but how about this hiring the right people? That's a tough one. Getting the right wow. people on yeah. board to I mean, begin with. Yeah, well, the point is you should not hire, you should select. Ah. Uh, we, uh, if, a nuance, but it's can... a good one. Yes, if I can improve the selection of my employees and consequently the hiring by several percentage points better than the competition again, let's say we're in business, we have competition. If I can be better and consequently have better people working for me, then I'm going to win. So I cannot just make it a hiring. It has to be a careful selection process. We, in fact, uh, hired an outside company to help us. We identify the profile of each job category, and then, and what makes that category, uh, what person makes fits into that job best? What is the talent that person has to have? And then we we hired according to that. And the next big thing, though, that, the next thing that is absolutely essential. And that is where everybody it seems to break down. Mind you, I work with many companies. Again, it's process uh, that, that works in any organization, any industry. And that is the right orientation of the employees. Mm. There are a lot of passwords out there of, of alignment and, and empowerment. But if you ask somebody, if you ask somebody, what is this company thinking? Walk into any, any hotel for that matter, into any business. And ask the employee, what, the line employee, what is this hotel 
company thinking or what is this company thinking? What is the objective of this company? They don't know it. Consequently, there's no alignment. The orientation must be to align your people to the objective, the purpose of their organization, and consequently allow the employee to have purpose themselves within the, the work area. And of course, align them to the expectation of the customers. Now you have alignment. So it's selection orientation. And then you train the function. And then you sustain that which you taught, taught the first couple of days in the lineup that I mentioned before, the 24 points. Wow. So let's switch gears altogether because in the world that we live in today, it, there's a lot of online and digital business being uh, delivered. And, and how do you take some of this to the online world or to the digital world uh, that we're living in? Well, in addition, well, we, we, we still we still can create it. Uh, we still have to be customer focused in there. But what I, all everything I explained so far is being customer focused, mm-hmm. concentrating on what the customer wants. Organize organize yourself and your organization and everybody around what the customer wants and do it right. This is there's nothing different in online. Are you really customer focused? And is it really? And is it really easy to do? That's the key. Everything, easy. Everything is, it's still, well, and easy means customer focus. It's putting yourself in the mind of the customer, not what you, what your mind is. Whatever you think, it's a study of one. Pretty worthless. What you have to, you have to understand what is the expectation of my market in what I am doing and then concentrate on it. Yeah, as I work with my clients and we talk about the different technologies they want to implement, I have to remind them over and over again. I mean, let's just take it to the basic level of, of a website, which is a digital, it's online, it's, it's digital, you're not really communicating directly with a person, but that website was designed by a person to be used by another person, the customer. Exactly. Yeah, so it's there just, you are. yeah, and, and so really at the end of the day, I, I, I appreciate what you're saying is that, you know, digital online doesn't make any difference. It's still, you know, a, a, a customer doing business with You're a still company. serving yeah. a customer out yeah. there. And they're saying, okay, how can I make this the easiest, the best for that, for that specific market segment whom I am serving? Wow. So we can talk all day. I know I can. I, I've got a thousand questions I can ask you, but we're out of time. I only have one more that I'm allowed to ask. <laughs> and that's the one thing question. The one thing you would like to leave our listeners with, uh, you can reiterate something you've mentioned or give us some other nugget of wisdom. What would that one thing be? Everything you do in life is a decision. It's, it's a decision. It's do not respond to feelings. Make the decision of excellence. It doesn't matter what that is. And I, I give an example that sounds very simple, but it's very that that that's why I give it. I'm married 40 years. I don't only love my wife. I'm in love my wife. That's my decision. I don't wait to feel like that. I made a decision long time ago and don't work on that decision. I make the decision to go to work and to happy looking forward to create excellence and to be with my friends. My decision, it's all decisions. 
and everybody today seems to respond to feelings. You're in control, or is your feeling in control? Mm. Make a positive, excellent decision for excellence of life, of what you're doing in everything. Wow. Well, those are words to live by in life and in business. The book is called Excellence Wins, a no-nonsense guide to becoming the best in a world of compromise. The author is the amazing Horst Schultz, the co-founder of the Ritz-Carlton Company. And Mr. Schultz, thank you so much. It has been an honor and a pleasure to have you on our show. Shep, it's my pleasure. Well, that's it. Another interview, another amazing interview with uh, Amazing Business Radio. I hope you come back next week. We'll have another episode and another interview. And until then, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>